listening to Omnis Protocol. I am Charles, also known as Omnis, and I am here with Lexa from the Morlocks podcast. What's going on, Lexa? Not much. How is it going for you, Omnis? Uh, pretty good. I am uh, very hyped for this episode, and I don't think... Yeah, I'm just going to, obviously people have seen the title. So it's like, we're, we're talking about the OP kit, the, the domain of dread Dormammu, which, uh, you organized an event for it at Mox, which mm-hmm. just had a blast. Yeah. No, it was a great turnout. We had a lot of great people there and it was just, it was a really good event. Yeah, uh, before you got into the store, I was, like, starting to set up, and just as I got there, there was some Warhammer people that were, like, kind of starting to take one of the main miniatures tables for for this. Mm-hmm. And I was like, hey, just so you know, we have an event today for MCP. You probably want to touch base with the front desk, and they'll get you out some another table in the general tournament room. And they're like, well, when I'm like, hey. I'm not running the event. I was just asked to bring some tables. I suggest, and they just like kind of gave me some shit and then talked to the front desk. Like, oh, no, 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 we're going to set you up other space. Yeah, they have a thing going on. But it was just like this awkward thing. But I'm glad I did because we filled up the main tournament room and it was super cool to see the miniatures area just all MCP nonstop, like all evening. Yeah, no, it was a really great turnout. um, And everyone walked away with something, which was, is always a good feeling. Yeah, that is one of the cool things about the organized play kits. They're, def- they're definitely designed. There's not winners or losers. There's just like everybody gets cool swag. Yeah. And also everyone can then go on and play this kit with other people. Yeah. At some point I may do a may record a video or something of it. Like it could be um, it could be pretty fun, especially like kind of practice. See, see how it turns out with you know, maybe in a situation where people like really know what's going on with it. It is its own unique thing. And it was for a competitive player like myself, I definitely found it a very interesting thought experiment. Um, Like who, how, how would I solve this puzzle? And it's Mm -hmm. a little different, but I still, you know, brought sketch kind of scratched some of the same itches as just like MCP in general. So yeah, Alexa, why don't you kind of give the listeners a rough idea of how this OP kit works, and we'll kind of get into some of the specifics as we go through some games. So yeah, so there are two sides to this. There's the attackers and the defenders. Um, the defenders have uh, 18 points? 17. 17, po- 17 points. Um, yes, that's right. Um, and then, uh, so you, you make a 17-point squad, and you are uh, you choose one of your characters as the entity. Um, this character gains the, uh, you're, you're playing under the, um, Dark Dimension leadership. So, um, you get the fun time of playing with Dormammu's leadership when you can't play Dormammu. Um, cause you cannot use any, uh, character's seven threat or higher, and you can't use any infinity gems in this organized play kit, which is a really interesting conundrum on list building. But yes, we will sure. get back to that in a minute. Um, and so the defenders have three um, portals that they are mystic to flips, and you're trying to flip them over to gain control of them. Um, the uh, one on each end, uh, it's it's kind of this double plus because um, you have your natural, like central plus, and then you have basically. Uh, a plus offset um, about uh, range two away, a range two down towards one of the ends of the table. Um, offset from that. 
so it's this really interesting like layout to the board that I think adds a bunch to it. Um, so you have uh, the defenders are really interacting with that offset plus. Um, there are the three portals um, are in that. Um, and so you have to go kind of into enemy territory to get to at least one, the one major portal on the far side. And you're trying to score 13 points in your six turns, and you get one for one portal flipped, three for two portals flipped, and six for all three portals flipped. So it's not your normal game of MCP. You have a little bit lower of a points threshold, but um, you also have this kind of back in uh, this this really snowball-y game where if you can get those portals flipped you and keep them flipped, you are doing really well. Then you have the attacker who has 12 points on the board at the beginning of the game and an 18 threat reserve. Um, of note, because of uh, adding characters make game rules, it's only that initial 12 threat that matters for affiliation. So you can have a completely out of affiliation 18 threat, um, and it does not change the fact that you still get your leadership um, if you have affiliated on that first 12. So that is a really important thing to note. Um, and they are trying to daze or KO whichever character has the entity card four times. And so whenever you daze or KO it, the entity jumps to a new character. Um, of note, when that entity jumps, that character moves their activation token, so it can really mess up some activation math if you're not careful with it. Um, and they can do this one of two ways. One, you can attack them super hard and blow them up. Two, there are three relics on the board, um, one of which is over near your opponent's deployment, uh, the defender's deployment zone, and then there are two off on one of the other crosses. Um, and if you can get all three of those to the middle, where there is an altar, you instantly deal enough damage to a whoever to the entity to daze or KO them. This has this came up in one of my games, um, and it can be rather brutal. Of <laughs> note, um, as far as we can tell, and this is just kind of, and you will talk about this because we fumbled some of the rules early on. But as far as we can tell, the defending team cannot pick up the artifacts. Yes. And so, uh, to give you guys, like, a little rough idea, if you're playing the Defender, you're basically playing a pay-to-flip game, where you're, you're just, you're all about the portals, and if you can, keep your, keep the Entity alive. But, the Entity always bounces to the middle at the end of every round, so you're never really running away from, from everyone with them, like, they're always there. Mm-hmm. And then the attacker, it's a very offensive game, but you need to also manage the pay to flips because you, you want to keep, keep the defender from scoring enough before you get enough time to kill them. Yes. Um, so it's this really interesting dynamic of each side is playing two slightly different games. Um, and in the, in the first game, as Lexi was just saying, we made a bunch of mistakes. <laughs> and so, um, I was playing the attacker. Mm-hmm. And, and the my the defender was using Magneto, Clea, uh, Sorcerer Supreme, and Zemo, kind of going like all in on the high Mystic defense and like making Magneto unkillable. And we mm-hmm. did not realize that you cannot pick up the artifacts as the defender. So 
One of the artifacts I can't get to round one, so Magneto gets that one. We knew that going into it, but he used Sorcerer Supreme because the defender starts with priority, so he immediately moves over and takes one of them from me. Mm-hmm. And it was like, I I was straight up like, I don't know what I'm going to do, because I'm like, at this point, the, the artifact gives Magneto plus one mystic defense. Like, I am never going to not be like, I was just like, I don't know what I'm going to do. So, so I was just like, all right, we'll the, just. Uh, of note, the entity also gives you plus one mystic defense in- inherently. Um, as Wait, a- no, the he, he turns your attacks to mystic. No, he gives you plus one energy, plus one mystic. He does crazy yes. i think i may have forgotten about that in some of the other games because i was getting and, confused which stuff comes from the artifact and which stuff comes from the entity yes and then also uh he, he makes it so you have to attack mystic defense unless you pay one which i use to great effect when you put the entity on mysterio yes there was a lot of like uh magneto i think ma would have been great like we'll, we'll get into the characters recommendations yeah. and stuff a little later but um so what ended up happening was is Basically, Doc- Sorcerer Supreme took one of them. Magneto had the other one. And I was just like, well, what the fuck am I going to do? So I just like started kind of laying into uh, Sorcerer Supreme. I was playing Star-Lord, uh, Ronin, and Maw. Um, thought this would be a fine Guardians team to start things off. And I thought that the rerolls would be kind of generically useful. And so I held him to only three points that round, but I didn't actually get that much damage through. Like he kept getting the wilds with Sorcerer Supreme. So Star-Lord just wasn't quite, he, it was always like, oh, well you roll the wild. And so that kind of blocks two. And it just, I couldn't quite get damage through. Mm-hmm. Um, but I had priority round two and I got to add vision because I had one of the portals flipped. And so yes, I got so to add a fourth threat. Let's, let's and, explain that quickly. Um, because it actually that the the backup mechanic was really interesting because at the end of the round um you get backup and that you get sweat plus uh three sweat plus the number of open portals to bring onto the field whether that's in one or two characters yes so i could bring in a force i brought in vision at that point again i was thinking he's high mystic defense you know, like above average. Mm-hmm. Um, and so at that point I was just like, all right, I need to do something. So I was able to daze Sorcerer Supreme with, he had taken like one or two points and then Ma laid into him and threw a size five terrain into him. And so I was able to like finish him off and I got a daze. And then Magneto, I think absolutely blows up Star-Lord and, but then what was happening was Ronan was kind of facing off against Clea, and that's obviously very bad for her. So she got dazed. Um, and then with Vision, he was able to actually put down Zemo. So I got off three dazes. And then the next round, um, he was able, he did good. I put Angela on the table because at that point I was holding two of the portals. Mm-hmm. And that just at that point we just realized all of a sudden he puts a bunch of attacks into Angela, but he doesn't quite get her because he can't re-roll into Angela with Magneto. So yeah. even though Magneto seemed unkillable, all of a sudden I KO'd all of his team except Magneto. And we we're like, well, you're never scoring again. I will eventually kill you. Mm-hmm. But I still probably put like 10 at you know, not 10 but maybe like five six seven attacks or something into magneto but where he can you know you have to spend one to even make him not use his mystic but then he can spend two to like force you to use his mystic and he was rolling 
eight dice or whatever and it was just yeah. it was so hard to get any damage through on him mm-hmm. um uh, for the first part i thought this is just awful but then we realized you you have to come out aggressive as the as the defender you have to go after those portals immediately mm-hmm. because that game spirals out of control for you very quickly yeah mm-hmm. uh, and so i think there's a good mix of like going after the portals and you kind of want to like starting round two, you kind of want to blow someone up at the beginning of every turn, like do something with a portal, blow someone up, you know, keep it going. But it was, it was, it was cool. It was just, it was very weird playing the attacker to begin with, but I will say the attacker seems advantaged. Yeah. So what did you play? What did you play in your first game? So I, my memory is a bit more hazy cause I didn't write anything down. Um, I just remember my first game I played, uh, Jean Grey, Cassandra Nova, and then uh, I think it was Mysterio and someone else, a fourth threat. Okay, uh, so you were playing the Defender as well. Yes, I was playing Defenders that round, um, and I gave Jean Grey the Entity, because I'm like, let's do the classic Jean Grey gets possessed by somebody. <laughs> that is so accurate. <laughs> I love it. Um, Cassandra Nova did walk. Um, I'm really impressed by Cassandra Nova in this scenario. Just her being able to move people off the point to, and then flipping it with, what, her four or five? I think okay. she's a five. Yeah. yeah it's a lot. Mm-hmm. It can go really well. Um, uh, but I just kind of got controlled out of the game mid-game, basically. Um. It's Gene was doing okay, but ben eventually got popped, and then um, I did some bad positioning with Cassandra because Cassandra is such a tricky character, even though she's really, really good. Um, and I ended up putting her a little too far forward, so she got smacked around. Um, and I got left with uh, Mysterio all by himself with the entity on a flank. Um, and and that did not last long. Yeah, it's uh. Yeah, it's it's tough because the characters do start blowing up pretty fast because yeah. your the attacker just starts loading up on power. So were you, were you able to win that one? No, I lost that one. Um, but I was the only person that because at that point, so you you uh, for your first round were kind of before everyone else showed up. We kind of used to you and uh, um, our other kind of regular who shows up early. Um, we are the guinea uh, pigs. Yeah. Yeah. Knight of the Grey. Yeah. Uh, you guys were the guinea pigs. So we found out a bunch of stuff doing that. But by the time we got our next round in, we had four full tables going. Um, and so of the games that were happening concurrently, uh, while we had four full tables going, uh, I was the only defender loss. The mm. other three tables all had defensive wins. Yeah. I ended up playing. Uh, spoiler, I played Defenders the next two because uh, the next game I was playing against someone who hadn't played it yet. And mm-hmm. we're like, well, I just played Attacker, so I'll do I'll do Defender. Um, we shook it up. But now I'd like played it once. And so I kind of ha- I was like, all right, well, I think Defenders are disadvantaged. So let me see what I can come up with. And I thought about doing the Magneto as the leader. But um, 
my opponent wanted, uh, I think his name is Philip. Super, super sweet dude. But he wanted to play Magneto. So I was like, dude, you know what? I'll play something else then just so we have a variety on the table. So I tried Doctor Strange. Um, and so I did Doctor Strange, Enchantress. So that's nine. Then I played Toad and Widow. That's 13. So I had another four. I think then I had Vision was my other one. And I was like, all right, I'm going to play a little wider than what I've seen people play. Cause I wanted to make sure that I had the last, um, the last, I was like, I'm going to go all in on the portals right away. Yeah. And this actually worked out. Cause basically one of my first actions was black widow books it to the, the portal. That's like super far away that really only a long mover is going to get to. Mm-hmm. And, and then she's four. And so I like flipped it and, um, and so basically I went all in on the portals. He like, he grabbed a couple of artifacts, but um, I scored decent. I think I scored three. I, I forget the exact score, but um, basically how things went is that I utilized that the main key thing was Enchantress where obviously playing new rules, but because you have the dark dimension leadership, she gets three power. So she could double move onto a portal bow someone off and then still interact with it. Yeah. And so I use that to like kind of lock in, uh, lock in a side. Um, Oh no, I wasn't playing vision in this one. I was playing Ronan again. Mm-hmm. Um, and so he kind of went on one side. And so he was like, I'm going to take this side. And my opponent didn't really want to send anything really at Ronan. Um, and so kind of Ronan controlled that one. Enchantress got the other one. Um, and he was using Magneto to just like, start dropping bombs on me, which is where the Doctor Strange thing was a little bit of a mistake because Doctor Strange versus Magneto, not fun. Uh, and I did not have Brace. So it was just like, he he did start dazing Doctor Strange right away. Um, but it was just the, the rough plan of like, all my characters had pretty solid uh, mystic defense. Um, and yeah, like Toad and Black Widow were kind of getting wrecked, but... I was just able to keep pressure on the, um, on those portals. So I was able to get to the 13 before things got too out of hand. Um, but it was pretty funny because I think he was a, a Warhammer player primarily and he hadn't done that much MCP. And he had added Vision, I think, first. And then he added Ultron. And then, um, in the next round, I actually scored six. So I went three, three, and then six to go to 12. And at that point, he was like, oh, I don't have any three threats that I can add. And I was like, I had Doc Ock out because he was one that I was considering. And I was like, hey, dude, you just want to borrow my Doc Ock? He's got four Mystic. And he was like, oh. Um, but Philip was so nice the whole time. He's like, man, you're, you're giving me so much like good advice and like helping me use the, mo- you know, do the most out of my characters. And mm-hmm. uh, I think the Warhammer community was not quite like that, where I was always like, oh, well, this would be a cool thing that you can do with this guy. Um, or at one point he did kind of like kind of a sloppy movement that wasn't nearly as direct as he could. Not like sloppy as in cheating, but sloppy as in like he wasn't going like at, like at one point, I think he was moving Iron Man or something and he was moving around a garbage truck. And I was like, dude, you, you can fly. Like, just go right over it and then you'll get there. And he, I just think he wasn't, he wasn't used to people like going, oh, I'll just let you make mistakes and having an opponent that was like, oh, hey, you know, there's, there, you know, you can do this a little bit better and like get the thing that you wanted. And I think that really surprised him, but mm-hmm. it was, it was really cool to meet him. Um, someone that hadn't been at the normal game nights and such, but uh, we had a, 
we had a cool game and you had to come by and you're like, Oh, is this, is this almost over? I'm like, no, I gotta, I gotta score. Uh, I gotta score four more points. And you're like, no, 13 to win. I was like, Oh, I only have to score one. Yeah. This is probably over. Yeah. Um, and then we did, uh, a second round of four full tables. So we got nine games in on the night. Um, I will save the full report for the end of the show. Um, but it's, there are some really interesting numbers going on there. Um, but uh, this time I got to play attack, um, and I was facing Philip. Um, this time, so I I took I took your opponent from the previous games, both games. Um, so I guess I, uh, you're welcome. I don't know. I yeah. softened them up for you, Alexa. <laughs> well, you didn't soften Night of the Gray up enough, so okay. Uh, but I. I just kind of um so I played Cabal for my second game. Um I'm I can't remember what my third sweet threat was, but I had Red Skull and I had um I think it was Red Skull, Omega Red, and Killmonger. And then a couple threes and fours in reserve. Um And Killmonger just showed up. <laughs> You're like, hello, Killmonger. Welcome to this game. Yes. Uh, Killmonger ended the game with three kill counters. Which is really good, especially for uh, not having used use up the throne because... Um, Attacker doesn't get VPs. Yes, and also we only had two tactics cards on each side of the table, so it was really tight on the tactics cards. Oh, I suppose um, my defender cards, or my... My defender cards, I don't even remember. But um, my attacker cards... Or sorry, I don't remember my attacker cards. I remember the defender cards from the first game, and I chose med pack and disarm. I was I was thinking, oh, I am I have to keep these characters alive. I know how aggressive things can get. Um, but I don't think I had a good opportunity to play disarm. Clearly, mm-hmm. Brace would have been better in that case. But I wasn't playing like I knew my opponent was bringing Magneto. I was just yeah. kind of going generically helpful cards that would keep me from getting my team obliterated. Mm-hmm. I think on defense, I can't remember what my second card was, but I did play Mental Domination. Oh my god, that card is so good. I know. Because I had both Gene and Cassandra. I'm like, why not? Yeah, yeah. Um. And it moves someone off the point and gets them to maybe attack someone on the point to KO them. Um, and then for my defender uh, attacker game, I did Cosmic Invig and uh, Dark Rain. You, you're real. Uh, you're like I'm in the murder mode, going all yes. murder machine. Um. So my opponent put uh put the entity on Hulk. Oh geez. Oh, jeez. So, turn one, I got the two far-side artifacts and got them to the center. Uh, and I had set up. He managed to daze. So, listeners, for clarity, like, the two artifacts that are on kind of the attacker side, any medium mover can walk up, grab an artifact for one, and then drop it off in the middle. Yeah, it's just that it, there's one that you can't really just get to and get back in round one. It's over near the... um the defender's deployment. So you, you can get to it with like a double long move, but you can't drop it in, which yeah. is obviously intentional because they don't want people getting all three artifacts in round one. 
but there's probably some ways to do it. Like if you're going to like really math this out, I'm sure you can make it happen. But uh, it was it was not something that you that you could do that easily. But two casually, no problem. Yeah, it, it, you you may be able to do with like an Angela Lockjaw setup. Yes, I am sure you could probably do it with Angela Lockjaw. Yeah. Um, but so turn two, I got set up and my opponent dazed. Uh, my unactivated characters were around the um, thing, uh, around the altar, to, so that I couldn't get it. So I just walked up Red School and Cosmic Invict, uh, my unact- my activated character, so that um, they could walk over, pick it up, and bring it back. So at about mid-turn two, I had dazed Hulk with the entity on him, without having to put a single attack into him. Oh... Lexa, did you did you make your opponent cry? Philip's a really nice guy. I I said sorry so many times for that. <laughs> Are you really sorry though? Yes, I am. Are you really sorry, because you were so excited when you told me about it. You're like, I banished. Really, <laughs> it's really cool, but it's like I I I wish I could have seen that line earlier in the game, so I could have been like, hey, just so you know. This is a thing to be aware of. Yeah. If that makes sense. Yeah, because obviously he played... Um, I I don't remember how many... I don't think he actually got off a... Um, I don't think he ever banished Doctor Strange. Because I yeah. think the point that Philip and I were at, he was going for the, the, the third artifact to get a banish off. But he, he dazed Doctor Strange with Magneto, but he had never actually done all three of them. And so we never got to the point in our game where he did a daze that way. And yeah. so he I don't think he was quite ready for it. Yeah. Um, but he played uh, New Hulk, Ultron, Iron Man, and uh, Cyclops. And then turn, uh, the rest of turn two and turn three were the tale of Killmonger just going wild. <laughs> Killmonger does killy things? Is that what you're saying? Uh, Killmonger went to one flank, uh, dazed uh, dazed Cyclops. Um, then uh, the um, Zemo I had brought in uh, uh Dazed uh, took out Cyclops. I think it was Zemo. I I can't remember every specific thing, uh, but one of my characters that I brought in uh, managed to KO Cyclops, which left uh, Killmonger free. So Killmonger ended up doing a uh, charge range uh, next turn. Uh, at this point, the entity was on Ultron. He had Ultron and Iron Man left. Um, so I charged got, to get into range of Ultron with the um, Spec Ops training. Nice. Um, so I could get the teleport off of him. One attack, Dave Ultron. Uh, goes over to Iron Man. Oh no, sorry. One attack, Dave Iron Man, who has the entity, goes over to Ultron. I do, and I land within range to do another Spec Ops training uh, onto Ultron. Uh, which also dazes Ultron. <laughs> bloop, bloop. Um, 
and that just left it the final round with just and, and I controlled all three points so we didn't get any victory points that round and I got to bring in a Hawkeye and a Viper. Oh Jesus. Yeah. And so the rest of it was the formality of just doing the one last days on um on to Ultron who got the um entity again. Alright, well that that was that's definitely some that's definitely a murder machine round for sure. Yeah, no, it was Killmonger showed up that game. <laughs> All right, let's see. So, uh, my third game um, was playing against Chad. I think he had already played a game as the defender, mm-hmm. and so obviously he wanted to do attacker, and I'd done one of each. So I'm like, sure, let's do it. And so this time I was like, well, I want to do, I want to try Magneto. So I couldn't use quite the same team, but I realized how critical it was to have a long mover to go mm-hmm. after. Cause I was realizing like how quickly this could go, um, that you could, you know, lose pacing and then just have the attacker roll over. So I'm like, I have to put pressure on that far portal. And so I wanted a long mover. So I decided I'd go with Zemo this time. And then, so that's nine. So I had eight more to play with. I thought about doing two twos, but I decided I didn't want to play there. They're so fragile. I was like, ah, I can go either way. So I decided this time I would do vision and enchantress instead of Ronin. So I'd gotten a couple games in with Ronin. Um, and so I had to be a little bit more cautious. Um, this time around, um, I kind of launched Zemo right away towards the middle, try to like hold that point down as best I could. Um, he decided to go after artifacts and kind of drop two in right away. Um, and then I used Magneto kind of on one side to try to like take a point. And then he kept like, he kind of decided to play that game with me on the, uh, on the, the portal kind of to my right where he sent like war machine over. And then I just double moved with vision threw war machine away. And he was like, Oh, interesting. So he, he like, it was still controlled. And then he moved another character there, um, he was playing like Sam, War Machine, Captain Marvel, Black Widow, maybe another one, maybe uh, Iron Man or something. Mm-hmm. Um, no, that was that was the right amount. Yeah, three, three, four, and two. So yeah, he had those four characters to start. And so then, you know, after Captain Marvel moves up, then Enchantress moves over there, bows her away, um, and then activates that point. Um, and then, because Magneto then teleports to the middle, because he has to be around the portal in the middle because he was my entity, and um, I had priority because I had four and he had four, then Magneto starts off the round by dazing Sam and Black Widow. Cool. Because they're basically, like, on each side of him. So it was just like, murder both of them. Um, I forget who he brought in, um, but he did end up setting up. So the beginning of next round, he was like, I was going to lose Magneto to the the banishment, but that just, it just progressed where like, I took control of the, took control of the portals again with, you know, just having multiple characters that can like throw and, um, and then it kind of, it got to a point where like, all right, we were like, you ha- can't let me score one more point. I think I actually scored six and then scored six. Um, and so I, I think, can't remember 100%, but I know we were at a point where I'm like, you have to stop me from scoring a single point. So we were mathing out like how to get his iron fist and his war machine like onto the right points. And so then he got iron, we, we made it. So he got iron fist onto, 
or we got War Machine onto the right point, and he was able to flip it, needing two successes on three dice, and then uh, Iron Fist needed to go after the other one because he was going to have the last activation, and then Iron Fist just didn't quite get it. Um, and so I was able to get the get the get the final point, but I was like, man, I kind of want to go to town with Magneto. Yeah, but that reminds me. In the first game, the funny thing was is playing Angela and Vision and Ma. I kept throwing Magneto's uh, his his own terrain at him because obviously it's not the actual Magneto leadership, so I'm not yeah. penalized for throwing terrain. So I was just like, he's making terrain. I'm like, yes, that gives me something to throw at Magneto because there's no <laughs> terrain left in the middle. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that was a, that was a funny interaction, but um, yeah, so I was able to pull out both of the defender wins, which are hard. Like, mm-hmm. if you go to do this, I like I think as the defender, you you really really have to have a good plan. Yeah. Um. But, so it ended up final score being five attacker wins, four defender wins. Crazy close, but um, yeah. Uh, the one of the funny things was so my last round opponent, Chad. As soon as he got over to the table and he said, "Oh, I'm Chad." You seem really familiar. And mind you, we're both wearing masks, right? Mm-hmm. Like we're in a we're in an area where you have to be vaccinated to even like be playing in a store or to go to see a movie or anything like that. You have to check your vaccination status when you come in. But I was still like something about him seemed familiar and we started talking and we realized we used to play Star Wars minis together like 12 or 13 years ago or something like that. Um and that was just a, a crazy realization, despite, like I said, both of us being in masks the whole time. Yeah. Um, and so it was just cool to see, like, because I'd never seen Philip before. I hadn't seen Chad in, like, 12 years. But yeah. then, obviously, we had a great turnout. It was a great for event for that sort of thing. Yeah. No. And so we got a lot of people... A lot of people into the store that we don't normally get to see all the time, and we got uh, we have a weekly meetups anyway on on Thursday, so it's like, hey, you know that we're doing this weekly thing, so it was also good to hopefully we'll get some of those people to return next week um, for the weekly meetups uh, and stuff. And it's just it's all about using these events can also become a point about building the community because you get a little bit broader of a reach when you have these kind of fun organized play kits and then you can hopefully convert that into people and for your normal nights. Philip, I saw he was like looking at the Angela Enchantress pack afterwards, which I'm going to say that I kind of inspired that because Angela was, um, or uh, Enchantress was amazing in the, mm-hmm. in the game against him. But I was like, Oh man, they're both great. Like, I, cause he hadn't seen Angela played yet. And so we were kind of talking about it. He's like, oh, excellent. Yeah, okay, I'm definitely going to get this one. Then he's like, what do you think of the Sam and War Machine pack? And so then I like upsold him on that one too. And I was like, these are both great. I mean, obviously they are great. Yeah. Um, but I was kind of talking about the different packs and stuff that he was looking at. And I was like, yeah, Sam is just a really solid three threat. You can play him almost anywhere anyway, mm-hmm. but he's also a great leader and War Machine's just a solid three threat too. And so yeah, it was, it was like generating sales for the store, bringing in new people. Everybody got cool Doctor Strange and Demons cards. Like, yes. So let's talk about the rewards from the box quickly. Yes, let's do that. Um, so you get the uh, if you remember, if people remember back to the uh, original Gen Con organized play kits um, with the alternate colored um, Captain America and Red Skull. Yes, I have those, even though the Captain America one's not really usable anymore. 
Yeah. Uh, but um, we got a Doctor Strange version of that. Uh, Doctor Strange uh, for the uh, Defenders leadership. Which is really cool. Um, incentivizes people to kind of get into that pack. We also got a beautiful art of uh, the uh, Advanced R&D based off of the Infinity Watch comic, I think it is. Let me double check that. I'm going to say, this one upset me a little. Because the art is so cool. I was like, why did you errata this card? There's three versions. I mean... I, it brings me back to kind of wishing that it had just gotten um, restricted. restricted and so that you wouldn't have like made the other art cards not as cool, but oh, it is, it is great art. Great. It is gorgeous. Um, so uh, Infinity Wars was the name of the event. Um, and specifically, this is actually the the art on this card is the cover to Infinity Wars issue number two, and it is just it is gorgeous. The only thing I don't like about the alternate art cards is it's a little harder to tell which one is the injured and which one is not. They're kind of like a very similar color color scheme for Doctor Strange. I can see that. Like, yeah, you have to specifically look and go, hey, which one looks beat up? Yeah. But and, and Doctor then, Strange is one of my favorite characters in MCP. Like this is a card I will use. Yeah. Uh, and then uh, most awesomely, I think, is a copy of Demons Downtown. Oh, so good. Um, with a very nice purple color scheme to the tokens. Yeah, because you can actually use the tokens from the game that were the portals as the as the demons. They. Yep. They have something else on the back, which is not a big deal because you don't actually have to flip portal, uh, you know, flip demons normally. But it, yeah. it gives you, um, it gives you a different demons. And I actually messaged a buddy who is um, starting to play the game and excited about Black Order, and so we were talking about how demons may be one of his primary crisis. But he didn't know when he was going to get Ghost Rider. He wanted him and was like, oh, had plans to mod him and stuff. But we were we were talking and was like, oh man, dude, actually. Just the next time you get a chance, do one of these OP kits for the domain of dread the 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 domain of dread Dormammu, um, and get yourself a copy of Demons. I really hope they do more of this kind of stuff because it seems like yeah. a great way to help people get some of the various cards. Like I think Med Pack would be a great choice to oh, yeah. sneak into one of these because you're really only going to play Gamora and Nebula in like really, really specific teams. It's not a generic, like everybody wants to pick up this pack. And so. Uh, Nebula has become more and more prominent as a two threat as time has gone on. Yeah. I mean, she's seen some play in Avengers, but I just think it's, it's one that is going to like, there's going to be certain people that want it. And obviously like I own everything. Mm -hmm. Um, I do too. Such a critical card, like med pack that, is something that literally everyone should have. I think it would be a great one to get into, um, to get a promo card for it. Yeah. Both because uh-huh. I want the promo card. Yeah. Um, and it would give me a second med pack. So when I'm like playing games with someone else and I need to like loan them cards and stuff, I'd love to have an extra med pack for that. Oh, yeah. But no, so this is, I love the art of this one. And I think the fact that they put Demons Downtown in here is a great pull. Um, and then also 
of note, you walk away from this event with enough stuff with all the tokens and information sheets and cards to actually play the domain of the Dread Dormammu at home. Yeah, you do. Hey, I have a question for you about the advanced R&D card. Mm-hmm. Um, so Star-Lord has the power gem, right? And then Doctor Strange has time. Captain Marvel has soul. Adam War... Wait, no. Captain Marvel has... Uh, reality. Reality. Adam Warlock has soul. Mm-hmm. Who is it that has mind, and who is it that has uh, space? So, space is Black Widow. Oh, okay. It's a little and- hard to tell there. It's just like it's like a female form, but I couldn't mm-hmm. quite make out the, the Black Widow belt or anything. Okay, that makes sense. Uh, and then uh, the uh, mind gem is by a smaller known character who was big in this event uh, called Took Barrett. Is it weird that I kept wanting to, like, use my fingers to do a zoom on the card? (laughs) Like, I was realizing in my brain, I kind of wanted to, like, zoom in. Like, can I tell? And then I was like, no, that's that's a card, not your phone, dude. Mm -hmm. Yes, but he is, uh, he's kind of an old, he's in the kingpin kind of milieu of Mm. people. And who's Uh, the character in the art behind everyone with the gems? That is Gamora. So... Um, this plot line involves, uh, at some point, part of Gamora gets stuck in the soul gem. And so, so she ends up turning into a character called Requiem for a little bit to try and steal all the gems back so she can get that part of herself that she lost in the soul gem out. Um, and this directly leads into the event where she ends up folding the universe in half and we get (laughs) really interesting characters like Weapon Hex and... Uh, Iron Hammer and stuff that are like combinations of two notable Marvel characters into one character. Also, Ghost Panther, which is Ghost Rider and Black Panther as one character. What? That sounds insane. Yeah. Yeah. I am here for that. Uh huh. So it's like the notable ones are Ghost Panther, Iron Hammer, Weapon Hex, and I think there's one other that I'm forgetting. Um, I love it. I love it. But it's like Iron Man with the Thor hammer, and then it's Scarlet Witch and X-23 combined into one character. That all sounds incredible. Yeah. Um, so no, that is, I want the Requiem version of Gamora at some point, because it's such a cool costume. <laughs> yeah. Or at the very least, maybe maybe that's one where you commission someone to uh, to paint it for you. Yeah. Or do like the combination of mods plus painting, that sort of thing. Yeah, for sure. That that has been a thought for me for a while with my Gamora. But also, I think I think Requiem Gamora may be a five threat character, um, and I love seeing alternate versions of characters. Yep, I don't I don't blame you at all. Mm-hmm. All right, well, I think that that covers most of the stuff we wanted to about the event. I mean, honestly, Lex, I had a really great time. So I really appreciate you organizing this and getting everyone hyped up and like getting it advertised and getting it on the mocks calendar so that we had other people show up. Who's not, you know, as directly connected to us. Mm -hmm. Do you have any tips for people who want to run this themselves or get this organized in their store? Um, as for the advertising end of things, um, there are a number of the MCP discords that now have a physical events section where you can advertise your physical events. So not only did I put it up on the Mox Discord, I threw it up in uh, Savage Lands Discord um, and other such discords that are 
MCP centric, um, that have a, uh, events page, basically, um, an event announcement area that you can throw it up in. So that will, that's another way to extend your reach is to people who may be involved in the, um, uh, like content, listening to content about MCP, but not necessarily know about their local scene. Makes sense. Um, as for um, running this, um, keep track of who's playing Attack on Defender. If you can get two nights, in, two games in in that night, switch it up so that attackers start become play, get to play defenders for the second game, and vice versa. Just so everyone can experience both sides of this table, since it's asymmetrical. Um, if at all possible, which it's not possible for everyone, um, but if if you have the amount of people for you to set aside a kit for you to put in your own uh, uh, kind of organizer kit, that allows you to bring it out again when at any time, if there's someone who like wanted to play the event but couldn't come because of something, you can still ha- get them to have that experience of playing the organized kit. Maybe not with all the goodies, but the experience of playing this unique game mode at any time which I think is, is really cool. Um, it's something I also have for the print and play events that, um, uh, AMG do for, uh, the mini stravaganzas. I keep those in my, uh, kit that I bring each week so that if anyone's interested in playing one of those, uh, like specialty missions, cool. We got it. Yeah. I mean, I think this is one that I could easily see me doing a video on at some point. Um, I think it would be fun. And there's enough OP kits now. One of the things that I was kind of pondering was the idea of kind of a, a, a pseudo tournament where um, each round is a different OP kit. Mm-hmm. And you have to build like a 10 character roster to like play in each of the OP kits, even though obviously they require kind of like very different things. Yeah. Um, I thought that might be a really like a kind of a fun format down the road um i have no idea when you would run something like that but it was just this idea that crossed my mind like the mental challenge of like oh i've got to build a roster for playing both attacker and defender in this but also these other op kits like obviously the um the symbiote one wouldn't work out for this because that's a that's a multiplayer game yeah four player free fall um but you also have vibranium heist which also has an attacker and defender side yeah um, you have the specialty missions from the Infinity Clash kit, um, which play much more like traditional games, but are super, super fun. And we're starting to see those actually get turned into real crises, all uh, the Space Gym mission getting turned into intrusions. Yeah, and there's a, there's a Magneto one, right? Yes. Like a, a mutant-themed one? Uh, that, that is an ultimate encounter that, oh. they have, that they put in as an organized play kit. Um, gotcha. Still, probably at some point it might be possible. But um, an interesting closing question for you. So I had said that my my favorite card that I would like to see added to an OP kit so we get a promo is Medpack. Mm -hmm. And I will say my Crisis, because Deadly Meteors might be my favorite Crisis. And I know there's going to be people listening to this podcast that cringe at the thought because they hate Deadly Meteors. They hate it so much. In some people's minds, it might be the worst Crisis. I love it. I want to promo Deadly Meteors. Um, and so those are my two. So I'm curious, Lexa, what would be your pick? Like, if you could pick one promo for each one, 
Mm-hmm. Um, and a promo character. We'll do a promo character too. Ooh. So what what would be your pick for each of those? So uh, my promo card, a little bit less used, but in a pack that n- not a lot of people are picking up right now, uh, is Marked for Death. Ooh, I like it. I like it. That's one that I always have with me, and it doesn't get played very much. But it's really good, and it makes an amazing Spider-Man stay really horrible. Yeah. <laughs> I think it's a really solid card that um been listening to Across the Bifrost a lot, and I love their uh, Sleeve It or Heave It section. And Marked for Death is one of those. It's like, it's in, like, the, the like, I've kind of divided my cards into two, where it's like half the cards, or maybe, like, maybe even two-thirds of the cards don't travel with me to the store. And then I've got about, like, like probably, uh, you know, it's a, a Ultra Pro deck box that, you know, probably fits, eh, you know, 80 sleeved cards or so. And, uh, God, is it really that many? Do I have 80 in there? But as the the crisis cards and stuff, but Mark yeah. for Death is in there. It's in mm-hmm. there as one of the cards that I sleeve and I consider for teams. Yeah. And I just think it's one that you could really be easily seem to a different piece of art. Um, unlike some cards, I think are a lot more restrictive on how you can re-seam them. Yeah. And then, uh, for scenario, I'm thinking about, because like, the Demons Downtown has been re-themed towards Dormammu rather than Ghost Rider. Yeah. And I think that re-theming is important, and I think a swath of the crises can't really be re-themed. Like, you can't really re-theme hammers that easily. Um, so my actual pull, um, because you can, like, play around with the theming a bunch and get it new art, that looks really cool is a uh, spider infected. Ooh, yeah, classic from the beginning. Yeah. Um just cuz I want to see new spider mutants from the other universes. I can see that. And and maybe just get it as a <coughs> bunch of cameos for a bunch of web boys we're not going to get for a while. <laughs> just have them show up on a card. Yeah, man spider. Stuff like that. Yeah. Um, There's so many crazy characters that show up in Spider-Man. Oh, I cannot wait. I I really want a Silk model sometime sooner rather than <laughs> oh, later. Silk is Silk is my number three overall on the wish list. It's mm. M'Baku and then Yondu and then Silk. Well, I think uh, M'Baku is, I think, the front runner for a secondary leader for Wakanda. Praise the Lord. Mm-hmm. Um, unless I think the other option, which... I would be more in line with my thought process because um, I just did an entire series of articles on secondary leaders for each did. of the affiliations that have no secondary leaders. And one of the big ideas and points that I made is I think the secondary leader should represent something different than the primary leader. And for these affiliations that are, that are treated as both the good and the bad of their respective location, Wakanda, Asgard, Inhumans, I think their secondary leader should be one of their bad guys. I can see that. Yeah, this is like this is what happens. Like, I know in the movies, Mbaku is a little bit different, but like that was like a primary villain for Black Panther in the comics. Yeah, but it, he's it, kind of been turned more face than heel recently. Um, yeah. but I also think we could get like a second Dairy Killmonger that's much closer to the ultimate uh, to the Vibranium Heist Killmonger. Um, that's a leader. 
I think Mbaku as a as an alternative leader would provide something very interesting. Mm-hmm. And like again, because their cards are so good, you don't have to make the leadership that crazy. You just do something yeah. a little bit different, like. Mm-hmm. And maybe but. give them another affiliated tactics card that's interesting. Because I think I think people sleep on vibranium shielding. It, it was it was quite good. I played it a fair amount in the in the beginning mm-hmm. when I was playing Wakanda all the time. Um, it was one that kind of like varied you know sometimes i played it sometimes uh um sometimes i switched it out for advanced r&d it, but it was it was one that i used a fair amount um i like it and i think it's worth considering especially with 10 cards if you're going to play wakanda i think yeah. it is it is certainly worth considering like at the very least sometimes just being able to be like all right black panther spends one and he has invulnerability like and occasionally the person standing that he just got thrown into also has invulnerability yes that's where he's like, oh, I throw Black Panther into that guy. And it's like, well, he now gains invulnerability. Yeah. <laughs> and I don't take, and I only take one damage. Nice. Yeah. All um, right. Well. And then as for character that I would like to see, just because I think they could make a really good event out of it, um, but I think it will take them getting a couple more models in this realm. I want to see the Wasp or Ant-Man get a character card so we can get a um, kind of quantum realm event. Mm, okay, so you're going the route of, like, give them a promo card because I want it relevant to them so it's a quantum realm. Yeah. And I, I also just, I think we need more of the Ant-Man milieu in this game because, like, we don't have Yellow Jacket, we don't have Ghost. Um, and I think those two are really easy pulls to get into this game. Well, I mean, we're we're gonna have a Quantum Mania movie, right? Yeah. And is it in two thousand twenty two or is it maybe, maybe it's twenty three? But that like, might be something. Those dates have been shifting around a lot because yeah. uh, Disney want the best to their workers, and the new contract <laughs> means they can't be as abusive to their workers. So the dates got pushed around a bunch. I wouldn't be surprised if AMG has already developed the characters and. Mm-hmm. It's just going to be they're they're going to delay the release to time it closer to the movie. Well, maybe, maybe not. Um, like we saw them release because I don't know how much they can delay with the production schedule and like how tight things are. I don't think they can pull stuff forward to delay something. I think I think they can, I'm, but who knows? I don't really know for yeah. sure. Contrary to popular belief, I know some people on the internet think that I have some sort of sway over AMG development, which is certainly not the case. Um, this is not insider information. I just, I figure that there's, you know, if you're a big company like Disney, I just imagine that you, you, you want to time, like if you, if I were running Disney and then AMG was part of this thing, I would just think about it as like pseudo advertising, right? And I oh, would yeah. tie in characters with releases and so i would just imagine that there may be a few character packs here and there um kind of where you just time like oh if you're gonna do this character at some point you might as well time it to come out around something that is going to be related to it like it just makes that makes that's just common sense i think (laughs) i'm still surprised we don't have a shang chi model that does surprise me especially considering the movie got delayed so (laughs) yeah um, maybe, yeah. Uh, yeah, that one I just don't. I can't speak to that. That's just, mm-hmm. that's just craziness. Yeah. Um, so yeah, that's, that's kind of my mind. Cause I want, I want them to do more with that realm. And so like, 
an organized play kit around that I think would be really cool because you could do a lot of fun, like, size-changing gimmicks and affecting people based on their size, so size matters in that. Oh, yeah, yeah. You could, like, have ways to, like, make people tiny and that sort of thing. Mm-hmm. And then suddenly you can push your Dormammu around with, with the Captain America because suddenly he's size one. Oh, that'd be hilarious. I love it. All right. Well, I think we're going to wrap up the primary episode here. So first off, Lexa, thank you so much for coming on and doing this episode with me. Why don't you shout out how people can find the Morlocks podcast? So, yes, uh, the Morlocks podcast is on uh, basically everything, every podcast platform that I can get my hands on at this point. Um, If there's one you listen to it on that it's not on, reach out to me. Um, I'm Lexa White on all the MCP discords. Um, and Morlocks is a uh, let's experiment show about finding new homes for the lost and forgotten characters of Marvel Crisis Protocol. So we take a character that's not necessarily used as much and bring them out of affiliation and bring them and make a team around them that showcases them. And it's not about if they're right for the affiliation or stuff. It's about making sure the affiliation helps them or moves them forward in an interesting way. And we get a lot of really cool and interesting lists out of it. Yeah, it's uh, you gave me an opportunity to praise Spider-Man, which I appreciated. I still mm-hmm. think that character does not get as much love as he deserves. Well, um, that new model is so pretty, and I cannot wait to get my hands on it. I know, I know. Like, Let's see, when this comes out, we will already have it. Because this will come out the Tuesday after that model comes out in the U.S. Well, some people already have it, but... Yes. Lucky bastards. <laughs> I'm looking forward to it. And the Doc Ock. Like, yes. Oh, yeah. I... Doc Ock, one of my favorite characters in the game. Uh, spikiest model in the game. Oh, but I love well-laid plans so much, so there's mm-hmm. going to be a lot of... I've painted Doc Ock, like, three or four times. <laughs> yeah. I still don't know what colors I'm going to do, because I hate green. I hate painting green. <laughs> <laughs> So I don't know what color this Doc Ock is going to be, but soon, I am, soon. I am still forever uh, um, jealous of the Olivia Octavia model that I have seen uh, people mod. And I'm just I, like, uh, yeah, that, that is such a cool looking character, but I am jealous as well. I feel your pain, but I, I want maybe when Spider-Verse 2 comes out, we can get an actual Olivia Octavia model on the board and get two Doc Ocks that can yes, be another... played next to each other. Oh, that would be great, especially if she was Dr. Oct. It'd be another person to play well-laid plans. Oh, I love it. Uh, I'd play both of them. That's what I would do. I don't know. Mm-hmm. Lizard's really good, too, though. We'll, we'll see. That, that'll, that'll, that's yet to be seen. That is a problem for tomorrow, Charles. Yes. Um, but today, we're going to wrap up the episode. Listeners, Thank you so much for tuning in. Lexa and I are going to dive into some of our favorite characters and strategies for this uh, this OP kit in the bonus episode. If you want to listen to those, it's just a buck an episode. Just subscribe on Patreon. Um, but I'll close things out with the most OP thing that you can do is banish Hulk with the entity on round two. <laughs> oh, Hulk. Oh, Hulk. Peace. Peace.